Welcome to episode 19 of the Skillshot Pincast. I'm your host, Graham. Hi, I'm Kayla. And uh, today we've got another crosscast for you guys. Uh, you might remember when we did it back in the summer with uh, the Sidekicks pod yeah. uh, folks. Daniel uh, and Michael. Yeah, shout out. Uh, a little background on this one. I went to a Halloween party last year with a group of friends. Uh, they all went in Star Wars costumes, ranging from Darth Vader and Han Solo to anonymous Jedis and Stormtroopers. I didn't want to be left out, uh, but I didn't quite follow that path. I went as the dude from the Big Lebowski. Graham dresses outside the box. That's right. I do dress outside the box. <laughs> uh, uh, I went as the Big Lebowski, or as the dude from the Big Lebowski, as a Jedi. So I had a lightsaber strapped to my bathrobe. Um, <laughs> I had a, a white Russian that was really a blue Russian because it was made with bantha milk. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just little winks. Uh, to stay in theme, but give it a twist. Um, and also I had super long hair at the time, so I had to use that in my costume. That was really the... What, the driver. It? Exactly. it was the hair that tied the, the costume together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <bam. laughs> All right. And this is just making me psyched for our eventual Big Lebowski podcast. Yeah, um, right. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, so anyway, I am there at this party and I'm socializing and milling about and not just, you know, sticking with my friends because you know, it's, it's a party. You're supposed to talk to yeah, people. Yeah, you already know your friends. Exactly. Um, and I started chatting with this one guy uh, and I don't remember his Ryan. name. Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. I wasn't even there. I know. <laughs> I, my memory is just shot to hell, Graham's I suppose. Graham's getting old. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about it on a uh, Vault Edition yeah. uh, podcast that you will hear at some point in the future. Uh, anyway, uh, so I, I was talking with Ryan and uh, his friend Jesse came up uh, and we started uh, chatting and uh, he was Jesse was dressed in this silver jumpsuit, had a ray gun. So he was like a retro futuristic galactic adventurer, which was pretty rad. Um, and he immediately recognized my costume as being both the dude and a Jedi. <laughs> so cool points like immediately right uh-huh. off the bat. Plus, he complimented my white Russian with bantha milk. So, you know, he got the extra <laughs> layer. And so I'm like, I'm going to get along with this guy yeah. just fine. Um, and somehow we stumbled on the topic of our shared passion for pinball. And from there, we, you know, quickly found out that we both had podcasts. So, you know, we cut just from took the it. same cloth. Yeah. Smash cut <laughs> to <laughs> Facebook conversations. Uh, him getting a hold of Kayla as well, because we were talking about doing a cross cast. In, in the... I think I got a hold of him first. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay. So. I was intrusive. <laughs> well, in a nice way. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, you know, you meeting Jesse and uh, and sure. when we got together for this episode that we're about to listen to? Yeah, Graham sent me a message saying, "Hey, I met this great guy that's into pinball. He has a sci-fi podcast." So I was like, "Oh, neat!" And I, I put it off for a little while, and then once I finally started listening to his podcast, he had started at the same time as us, roughly. Mm-hmm. And then I just I binge listened to every episode. I was like, "Wow, these are really great. The production is awesome. Yeah, the conversation." <laughs> conversation is so like top-notch and intelligent and he said he had so many good points that i related to that i was like i need to just start talking to this guy and we would just chat online and talk about like star trek and like you know women's roles in different situation or in different uh storylines and like is is star trek racist like Mm. (laughs) things like that like just what kind of problemat- problematic things in like a liberal viewpoint happen in sci-fi. Because hmm. you can love something, but you don't have to love all of it. Sure. And yeah. you can love something and still critique it. I mean, yes, that's how should. that's the whole dynamic between mothers and their children, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> so. for sure. Uh, so we just, you know, had a, had a nice like ongoing conversation online. And he invited me to a variety show at his friend Audrey's house. That was a bunch of different artists and musicians getting together. 
playing their their music and doing little like vignettes of plays that they kind of wrote for the night and I literally knew not a single person there and just showed up and was like oh I hope no one asks me who I know here I'm just gonna get along (laughs) yeah so I just kind of sat in the middle of the floor and like anxiously knit a scarf and <laughs> drink beer and like tried not to make eye contact too much <laughs> and then jesse got there i was like oh cool here you are and i had this plastic piece from stern trek that was the enterprise and i gave that to him as like a nice to meet you gift he's like oh sweet yeah <laughs> um and then we just we hung out for a couple hours and he's just so easy to get along with and we finally made time to do that cross cast and it was the night of my birthday, mm-hmm. which you are about to hear the second part of that conversation. That's right. If you're interested in the beginning of it, um, it is available at Jesse's website, jessemercury.com, or on his website, or on his uh, podcast on iTunes, which is Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. Mm-hmm. And he cuts it off. I listened to it just this last week. He cuts it off when we ask him about his pinball origin story. Oh. So he's like, all kinda right. Kind of leaves it hanging. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That, well, he's a pro. Yep. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that's great. I, I have not actually listened to it yet. I, I am very uh, apprehensive about listening to myself <laughs> speak at length, uh, which is why I so rarely listen back to these episodes right. after you know we record and edit them. Um, Whereas I'm a narcissist and listen to him like three times. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, oh, that's that's such an important foil, though. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, you should definitely check out the first half of our conversation there. Uh, that's about an hour's length, and this is also about an hour. But we uh, we haven't listened to the second uh, half yet no. since uh, since we recorded it. Uh, so it's it's coming to us in the next twenty four hours. Uh, thank you so much again, Jesse, for yeah, recording the whole super thing. Super awesome. Um, so two so, things, a few things to point out that uh, he had some issues with his apartment got flooded a few weeks ago, <laughs> and he was on right the first it. floor, um, and he was recording down there. But he lives in Capitol Hill, where the radio towers are very um, prevalent, and so up on the fourth floor where he is now, he picks up a lot of radio signals. So if you hear a little bit of background chatter, that's because of the radio waves being picked up on on his recording setup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you know, for the most part, uh, that audio that we had at the very end, in particular, it was pretty clean. Yeah, uh, it was because we we did get the final little slice of of us already because we recorded an acceptance speech. Can we talk about this now? I think that we can. I, I think he we hasn't can. posted it yet, but okay. might as well. Yeah, we uh we we won an award from another podcast. We won two awards. We won two awards. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, um, maybe not this episode. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so maybe uh, we'll make it available as like a bonus episode if you or a little like mini thing you can listen to our, our yeah very okay. fun acceptance speech. Yeah, victory lap mini episode yeah. sounds good. Um, so yeah, keep your ears peeled for that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, something else to to note like. So we heard the very end of this uh, two and a half hour conversation. Yeah, and possibly three. I feel like we were there for a while. We were there for quite a while. That was a very long night. Um, anyway, uh, it was my birthday. It was it was Kayla's birthday, and so of course we're out drinking because we're playing pinball yeah. at John John's and whatnot. And Jesse had the beautiful idea of purchasing a bottle of uh, Kraken rum. Just a little handle. Yeah, no big deal. Um, so we, we were all dipping into that and he, as a gracious host, uh, 
Well, I remember it as him setting it nearer to us, yes. closer to us. Uh, perhaps I am misremembering it, and I and we were just brought it, it. Yeah. <laughs> closer to us. All I know is by the end, Kayla and I were just like picking it up and putting it down, and picking it up and putting it down, yeah. and drinking way too much of uh, Jesse's host rum. And yeah, we definitely had the lion's share of that. Yes, and it shows, or you know, it sounds <laughs> right. Um, and that's the main reason why we're doing this little intro too, just to you know give you. We need background. a caveat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we are battling with the Kraken this episode, which is why we're going to call this episode uh, battle, battle with the Kraken. Yeah, Battle yeah. the Kraken. Uh, For those Pirate to... of the Caribbean fans out there. <laughs> That's right. And I count myself as one of them. Yeah, you do. Uh, you I, like that. I do like that game. Tortuga uh, Multiball. Mm-hmm. I like that you Bola can play Salvada. in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so we had a great time. If you want to listen to us uh, a little more sober... Um, please start yeah. with uh, Jesse's uh, Jesse's uh, episode of the Crosscast, and when you want to hear, uh, well, you are about to hear uh, us progressively getting drunker. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy that. Uh, well, we did. Yeah, we enjoyed it at the time, at the yeah. very least. Uh, hopefully, we're charming when we're when we're smashed. There's a lot of singing going on too. Yes, like, way more than you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> we sang. We're just getting prepped. For we sang Doctor Zayas oh, from The Simpsons. Right. We sang Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, we sing our acceptance speech, which you will hear at some point. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a Space Odyssey uh, oddity, uh, Space Oddity parody. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's you guys are gonna dig it. So uh, a couple more things. Uh, I, I want to kind of give a final plug for for Jesse's podcasts because I know yeah. a lot of you guys would really enjoy it. He has two of them, um, and I really think it's up the alley of a lot of folks that listen to this. One is Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury, and that's where you can find the other uh, crosscast. Uh, you know companion piece to this episode and uh, the other one is sci-fi on trial with jesse mercury sci-fi covers a variety of subjects with episodes dedicated to in-depth discussions of the next generation or the force awakens whereas sci-fi on trial takes a more particular rear view review of iconic movies nailed it yeah (laughs) (laughs) and whether our collective judgments hold up to the test of time for example the first three episodes this is his fresher one he just started this one a couple months ago um, like when we were talking at the party at, in, uh-huh. at Halloween, he hadn't uh, released any of them yet and said, I think you'll really like this one. And I have enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Uh, first three episodes uh, of Sci-Fi on Trial focus on uh, The Phantom Menace. And uh, and next he's going to be tackling Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal, Crystal Skull. Yeah. It's almost like trying to justify having a racist uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are things that you like they're about family. him. Yeah, exactly. No, like, you they're family. Yeah, exactly. They're part of the group. Mm-hmm. But I don't like everything he does. Yeah, but know. do you invite him to the wedding? I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you're going to dig that stuff. Sci-fi with Jesse Mercury. Sci-fi on trial with Jesse Mercury. His you production level is amazing. It really His is. conversation so good. So much more consistent than our podcast. So, you know... If what you like about us is how ragtag we are, then maybe maybe you won't uh, <laughs> like it more. But if if you like your your good quality podcasts to reflect that, <laughs> what are you doing? Listen to us. Yeah, for, yeah. Just... What are you doing? It's time to upgrade. Go oh. to Sci-Fi on Trial and Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. You can find them at jessemercury.com, as uh, Kayla mentioned earlier, and also sci So do that. Uh, and just a couple more things then before we. Yeah, I wanted to mention that I have any other first another first place win in pinball. Yeah, a little round of applause. Thanks, yeah, Graham. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I had Katie asked me for help running the flip flip tournament on Thursday, and I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll just hang out and run this tournament. And when I'm out, 
I'll just stick around, put in the results. And then I just kept winning. And I won. And I won. <laughs> and then I got a buy. And then I kept winning again. And I had one strike from oh, Travis. And then I got another strike from, from Chris. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and then it came down to five players and then three players and then two players. And I was hmm. like, I was still one of them. And things just kept going my way. And I had a final game with, like, Shazel called it before our second to last game. He's like, you're going to beat Travis on Metallica and then we're going to play Black Rose. I was like, there's 29 games here, whatever. That'd be funny. Hmm. And I drew it and it's like, Sajel and Kayla on Black Rose. Well, well, well. Which he's really, really good at. But... His shots just didn't work out that night, and he mm. left probably like 40 or 60 million sitting on the table. Wow. And I beat him like 33 to 11, so I Was didn't it? even have to play my last ball. Well, maybe we need to have a discussion with Sajel in the future about how he is uh, Pinball Nostradamus. Yeah, and he can predict the future. Mm-hmm. He should have just told me I was going to win. We could just skip the game. That's right. <laughs> Saved everybody a lot of time. Got yeah. more sleep that night. Yeah. Right. Um, so congratulations again, Thank Kayla. You. That's really rad. Yeah. Um, Takes my first place winnings up to three of them now. I, <laughs> I got one at Seattle Pinball Museum and one at Full Tilt Ballard. Word. Uh, okay. And last but not least, before we jump into this, we have to announce a winner, winner, chicken dinner for the Ghostbusters contest. Yeah, uh, I would, I would like you to read over some of the highlights that people sent in because they're pretty cool ideas. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Um, so we have, uh, we we believe we have four here. Yes, um, so, so you have a twenty five percent chance of winning. So if if uh, if we don't read yours, if we somehow missed it, write us back and. We'll let you know, and we'll yeah. we'll try to make it good, even if we're you know. Maybe we'll send you a skill shot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Eric Morales, uh, Eric said um, that he would like to see a crossing the streams multi ball <laughs> where you have to shoot cross ramps for jackpots, like stiff in the coffin uh, multi ball on scared stiff. Sweet, maybe some fish tailsy action. Exactly. Yeah. Do, 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 do. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I I love that idea. Yes. Uh, good one, Eric. Uh, let's see, Josiah. Uh, out of Bellingham, right? Uh, yes, up in Bellingham. Shout out to you know the, the Northern Three Six Zero up there. Um, super stoked for Grossbusters, as are we. Did you and call it Grossbusters? I Grossbusters. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> Ghostbusters. And I'd love it if even if it even had a couple of these things. Ghost trap, physical ball lock, fantastic idea. Uh, and I think. I think more than one person came up with that yeah, idea. I so, so like, I, it seems like there are a lot of intuitive concepts. This is not, you know, the le- this is me just editorializing here. Uh-huh. But uh, it seems like there are a lot of intuitive uh, concepts for yeah. this that I would almost be surprised if they didn't include at this right. point. Uh, but anyway, Ecto-1, complete with flashing lights when you reach multiball. Kind of neat, like a little playfield toy maybe? Yeah. That's, that's rad. Stay puffed in all of his glory as a toy. Bonus points if he is interactive. Zool battle wizard mode, of course. Yes. Crossover ramps so that you can cross the streams in order to <laughs> defeat Zool. So anyway, awesome, Josiah. Um, and there we go. We, we saw similar ideas coming up again. Uh, Lucas uh, wrote in and said he wants a Slimer topper and an Ecto-1 on the play field. Yes. Awesome. Yes, and a Slimer topper would be perfect. Slimer's got to be on that oh, game, very prominently featured. Uh, Daniel, uh, uh, let's see. I got to skip all the very nice things you yes, said to you us. So thank much. you so much. <laughs> um, all right, Ghostbusters, excited by the possibilities with the title, as are we, of course. I'm sure it will be nothing like what I think it could look and will likely disappoint. Hey, I don't know. We'll see. But we can hope. Uh, I'd love to see a creative ball lock either... Uh, 
using the garage or fire station with opening doors or the ghost trap which could be a mix of the simpsons couch and then have the doors close over top of it so there we have the yeah. uh, physical ghost trap uh uh ball lock idea again that sounds great yep and of course here we go also some creative use of the proton gun as a cannon or something and crossing the streams equal dual <laughs> cannons again lots of possibilities so daniel uh thanks for writing us uh and again like we're seeing the same ideas coming yeah. up over and over again in our entries and so so we're all in the same wavelength guys that's really cool uh hopefully stern is too but i i can't wait to to see what that table looks like for sure so anyway I just want to play as Vinkman. That's really all I want. <laughs> uh, Egon for me. Uh, anyway, uh, so we've got Eric, Josiah, Lucas, and Daniel. Um, that Rams. is reverse order of when you wrote in. So I'm going to say Daniel, Lucas, Josiah, and Eric. One, two, three, four. We've got a random number generator uh, for one through four. And here it comes. Who is the winner? Two. Number two is the winner, which means Lucas has won. Congratulations, Lucas. Congratulations, Lucas. We will uh, email you uh, with, you know, requesting your information so we can uh, get that along to you. Yeah. So thanks so much for writing in, guys. We really like hearing from you. Um, thanks so much for listening. Oh, man, we really got to wrap this up because this intro is uh, nearly 18 minutes long and we've got like an hour long conversation yeah. we're going to tack on. This you guys thing. are going to love it. Yeah, I certainly hope you do. This is probably a, a, a make or break uh, episode. Like you're either uh, endeared. <laughs> it's be polarizing. Yeah, polarizing episode. Hopefully you like uh, our progressively drunker uh brains blathering on you only turn 31 once exactly yes happy birthday again to <laughs> kayla in retrospect uh in retrospect that's a weird way to say that anyway uh so our regular plugs skillshot pincast at gmail.com mm-hmm. if you would like to be the winner of something in the future that Absolutely. is where you get a hold of us yes and even if you have nothing to say uh write us anyway and just come up with something on the spot yeah uh skillshot pincast at gmail.com uh follow us skillshot on twitter at skillshot seattle but the e on seattle is missing uh find us on facebook skillshot the second e on seattle is missing Oh, yes, yes, the final E, the, yeah. the one that gets cut off. Uh, Skillshot or Skillshot Pincast on Facebook. Of course, skill-shot.com is always the place you can find us on the web. That's our home. Um, subscribe, uh, share this with friends, rate and review us on iTunes, please. Um, we love it. We really do. When you're hearing this on Wednesday, the night before at the lookout, we'll have released issue number 41 of Skillshot Zine. Yes. So hopefully you were there helping fold. If not, I hope you have it in your hands soon. Yes. Yeah. Be on the lookout for that. Um, We've hard body on the cover and bad cats on the list. That's right. All right. So, uh, yeah. Thanks again, guys. Oh, one last thing. As you will see in the uh, in the issue of Skillshot 41, uh, we have a, an article about our pincast as well as... Are um, are apps? There yeah. are Skillshot apps, uh, basically. Both for Android and iOS. Yes, yes. The iOS one just came out uh, the last week or two, and the Android one's been out there for a couple years, it's but it's just years, yeah. we just haven't done a very good job of publicizing it. So, mm-hmm. you know, download those uh, for your respective, uh, you know, platforms. It's just a a, a quicker, uh, slicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quicker, slicker way to yeah. access our our, uh, our list around Seattle. So it's essential for any pinball player. Yeah, uh, actually, I was texting a friend the other night, and he's like wondering about pinball around his new neighborhood they moved into. And he's like, oh, I'll just check the list on my on my browser on my phone. I said, nope, get the app. It's way faster. And he's like, fantastic. this is great. Cool. Ringing endorsement. Yeah. Okay, on with the show. Thanks, guys. Bye. 
so Jesse, I would like to hear your pinball origin story. Okay. Oh yeah, we need to do that. Yeah, this is a long story, but I'm gonna, I, I love do this it. story. So when I was a kid, my family would go to this restaurant called Grecian Cafe in San Diego, mm-hmm. and right next to Grecian Cafe was a round table pizza. Grecian Cafe took a really long time to make their food, so we'd have like a solid half hour from the time we ordered to the time that we got to take the food home if we're getting takeout. So I would go over to round table pizza just to like kill some time because I knew they had some arcade stuff over there, but they had an Adams family table. Mm. So I'm a little kid. I have no idea what pinball's about. I see this table and I start to play and I immediately just have this intense moment of gratification from knowing that what's happening in this game is real. It's not like a video game where there's a predetermined amount of things you can do because it's Mm -hmm. digital. I mean, that's like the, you know, that's what digital is, is they try to write like an analog world into digital so that you can do a certain amount of things. Sure. But in a truly analog game like pinball, there are an infinite amount of things that can happen. So being in a world where there's like infinite possibilities, like tangible infinite Mm -hmm. possibilities really excited me. And then the first time things hand came out to grab the ball, (laughs) I like squealed. I was (laughs) like, I didn't know it was coming. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't Mm -hmm. know how I got it. I was just randomly hitting the ball because I didn't know there was any skill involved at that point. Mm -hmm. But then things hand comes out. I'm like, how how do I make that happen again? Yeah. And then I got multi-ball and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Because I was playing, I didn't even know multi-ball was an option and all I wanted, (laughs) all I wanted was to have more than one ball and all of a sudden I had three and I didn't know what to do with it and I drained them all really quickly but I just had this really intense moment. I was like, oh my God, I'm like living my dream right now. It's so much fun. (laughs) So yeah, so Adam's family really turned me on and whenever I saw pinball tables I would play and I'd have a little bit of fun, but it was never the same as Adam's family. Mm -hmm. So then I moved to Seattle when I was around 26 years old, 25 or 26. And then I was dating someone who worked at PopCap Games and they have Mm -hmm. an Adam's family table in their break room. They also had Mm -hmm. Black Knight 2000. Give me Um, your money. Yeah. (laughs) So, but it was, they were on free play. So it was just something for the employees to do on their lunch breaks. So I'd go up on my lunch break because I worked like a block away and we just wanted to hang out and have lunch together, my, my ex and I. But they had these pinball tables I'm like, holy shit, let's play some Adam's Family. I love Adam's Family. It's like the one pinball table I'd ever really loved. Mm-hmm. So we started playing every day at lunch and we have you know an hour to play at lunch because I have an hour long lunch break and I was so terrible at it. But I, I wanted to be better because it's just like, this thing that was so wonderful and I wanted to be better at it. And I wanted there to be a way to be better, you know? Like when you play pinball, you're just like, well, it's just random when you first start. You're like, yeah, that's why, I mean, it was, you know, made illegal for gambling because people thought it was just random. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that there was a a skill involved and I started looking up videos because I just really wanted to be better. And we we would play every every day at lunch. And I remember the first time, I don't remember if it was her or, or me that got over 100 million first, but the first time we got over 100 million, it was like, oh my God, we fucking did it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's, this is like real, this is happening. And then I started watching videos of Bo and Karen's play uh, and then learning the rules. And that's why, that's why that game, like I know almost all the rules is mm-hmm. because I watched like Bowen's video. So most of the games that are my favorite games are games that I can watch a video of Bo and play because then I can really learn it. Or I would watch uh, like Papa Pinball videos where Bowen was uh, like talking over the video or playing mm-hmm. just just because he 
presents pinball in a way that's very understandable for yes. someone who's outside of the pinball scene who can really kind of get it. Absolutely. So, I love him so much. Yeah, he's like, so great. And like you pinball. hanging out with him and playing with yeah. him, I was so jealous. He's Holy my pinball shit. spirit animal. Oh, I'm so bummed that he we didn't get a proper opportunity. He stayed at my house. Did he really? He stayed at my house. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> did, oh did you get a chance to talk to him on on uh, the record? No. Okay, we're going to have to do that sometime. Him. Okay, yeah. 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 So cool. But he's so open to it. Um, cool. Uh, that's great. Like, that's awesome. Definitely a bucket list uh, guest there. I don't know if you guys have watched his Robocop tutorial, but it's all him going like, yeah, sweet jumps, sweet jumps, sweet jumps. Because there's this little gap in the ramp on Robocop and it just hops over there and he's like, oh, that's a sweet jump. Oh, that's another sweet jump. And he just, That's one like, of my bucket list games that I haven't played yet. I well, asked him point blank. I was like, there we go. Bone, another reason to go to Flip Flip Ding Ding. They have it? Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah. I was like, Bone, can I get film of you saying sweet jumps on our Robocop? He's like, yeah, let's do it. Come on. Ah. <laughs> he was so approachable. <laughs> that's and, awesome. And my friend Nick was there that night, and he's like, I love this game, Black Rose. I just don't know how to play it. And I was like, Hey Bowen, would you teach my friend Nick how to play Black Rose? He's like, yeah, let's come on, come on. You got gorgeous kid, come on. <laughs> 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 like, he's like, here's my tutorial. There you go. That's awesome. He's just so nice. Oh man. So yeah. So I like developed this real love for, it. and I think a big a big part of my love for it was the fact that it was a uh, like a a technological marvel where when you get a little bit better at pinball and you realize it's not random, you can make things happen. Absolutely. And you make things happen in the real world. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, I I beat this level and I got an extra life. It's like, wow, I moved this physical object to this physical place that's hard to get it to and was rewarded for that. There's Mm -hmm. something incredibly rewarding about that. So I started, you know, I was living in Belltown when I first moved to Seattle obviously went to shorties all the time yeah. and I'd go with friends and I would do so much better than my friends. And I'm, you know, I, I just went out and played with you guys and you guys are incredible. Like, you guys are so much better <laughs> than I am. At pinball. We had but, pretty bad games tonight too. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Cause I had worse. I had games. A handful of good but, games. Yeah, no you, big deal. All right. Gra- Graham won the trophy for tonight. <laughs> yeah. But so I, I would play with my friends and I would do so much better than they would. And I would be like almost embarrassed because the only reason I was doing better is because I had learned some of the rules I had watched some videos about some of the basic techniques so I could do a little bit better uh so then this weird thing started to happen where I'd try to teach my friends Mm -hmm. the rules but there's nothing more obnoxious than someone beating you at something and telling you well here's what you can do better right Right. it's really obnoxious so it became a thing where it became a little bit uncomfortable for me to play with a lot of my friends and a lot of my friends would make a huge deal out of it if they beat me which would happen yeah like <laughs> that happens pretty to often because i'm you know very inconsistent like i can't just be good at pinball I, mm. i'm gonna suck sometimes i'm gonna be terrible yeah, sometimes sure. uh, which i'm sure everyone has yeah, uh, but then it became this weird thing where my friends would kind of like like rail me into they the ground if they'd beaten me because yeah. i'd beaten them so many times and then it's i don't know and that felt strange but then I found this one friend, my friend Barton, who's been on my podcast a couple times, who was in my uh, my last Ben Mugatu. We're like super, super close friends. And we were just like completely evenly matched with pinball. Oh, cool. So we'd go to Narwhal all the time because we have a lot of rehearsals on Capitol Hill. We'd go to Narwhal. And I mean, I live up like a block from Narwhal now. So we'd go there all the time. We'd play really intense games of Adam's Family and Medieval Madness mm-hmm. in particular. Medieval Madness was one where I discovered, I was like, this is just the perfect game. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so well written. Yeah. And so accessible and so fun. And totally. It's pretty deep, too, at the same Very time. Very deep. It's a deep. deep rule set. Yeah. And it's one of the, like, those are the two games where I have, 
gotten to some of the deeper rules and just been so incredibly excited to have reached it because I yeah. read about it and I learned about it and then I got there. It's like, oh, fuck yeah. Did you do a thing where you like looked around to see if anyone noticed? <laughs> no, I would like scream really loud and look around to make sure no one else thought I was crazy. Uh, for the listeners, I've been nodding my head vigorously for the last two minutes. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I got super into like very particular games uh, and then about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I had testicular cancer and I got very frightened because I've, you know, obviously, because yeah. oh, yeah, that's... that's a scary thing to go through. And then Absolutely. I was living here, which is, you know, right next to the narwhal. So the thing that I would do to go make myself feel better was go play pinball and Aww. I would go by myself a lot and mm-hmm. play and being able to control your fate in a certain way. <laughs> And control your was, balls in a certain <laughs> way. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, control your fate in a way that's very tangible. And when I was in a situation where I had like little control over my fate, mm-hmm. was incredibly comforting. So it became something that I would do by myself. Like I would go to Narwhal by myself a lot and play. And this is when I was at the height of my pinball ability. Um, and I, it became like sort of this, like almost like tantric like mantra of playing that got really, really, really satisfying for me where, uh, it's like the only time I could forget that there was this frightening thing that was happening to me. Sure. And then I had surgery and, and I was fine after the surgery and like I had, did never had to have chemotherapy or anything. So I, I got off relatively easy, but what, after I had surgery, when I couldn't go anywhere, the way I'd make my, myself feel better was by lying in bed and playing the pinball arcade. arcade. Um, and pinball arcade is obviously not the same thing as playing a pinball game. It has that digital problem where there's only a certain amount of things that'll happen. Mm -hmm. So if the ball is coming out, like, like falling on the right flipper, it's going to bounce to the left flipper every time. And Mm -hmm. you can count on that. So you can get way higher scores. Mm -hmm. So I learned, uh, very intimately the rules of in particular, Adam's family and medieval madness, um, Tales of the Arabian Nights, like those are the ones that I play all the time. Terminator Two, Pinball Arcade is crucial because it will teach you how to play the game. Totally. And uh, side note, Kayla, um, we need to do a Pinball Arcade episode at some point this year. Um, You also were talking to Aaron. That could be about this. There we go. (laughs) Moving on. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it just became this like really important, special thing to me. And then Barton moved to New Zealand and I didn't have anybody to play with who was kind of on on the exact same plane as me. Mm -hmm. And I've been listening to your show a lot and you guys talk a lot about tournaments Mm -hmm. and the pinball scene in Seattle. And I'm not a part of that. You would fucking love it. Yeah, you would. Well, I I mentioned to one of you, I mentioned briefly that my very first experience with the pinball scene in Seattle was going to John John's with Barton, wanting to play and being kicked off of a, mach- of a machine, like very rudely, oh. super oh. rudely. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, I mean, we're there, we're playing. I'm like, yeah, we're having a tournament. Mm-hmm. So you guys really shouldn't be playing this table right now. And that's so rude. That's like, hard. We, yeah. we didn't know there was a tournament going on. We're like in the middle of a game. And I'm going to apologize for that person right I now. Yeah, on that. behalf of <laughs> yeah. the community. Because hopefully you've listened to enough of our podcast to know that like, like I run a tournament once a month and I always approach it like if there's someone on the game, we let them finish their game. If they're about to put new quarters in, we're like, hey, do you mind if I buy those off of you, right. those other credits? Or like, can we just like we let people finish out their games? There's certain situations, yes, where it's like maybe the later in the night goes and like, OK, I has still have these many players to like get through. 
and you kind of get a little stressed and emotions are high. But like no right. one should ever pull you off a game. They should approach it as a human adult. Right. They shouldn't treat you like you don't belong there because right. anybody who's at a place playing pinball, like pinball is just such a wonderful thing that we should all be happy for each other that they're playing. Right. So they yeah. do belong there. Yes. And I, I've had experiences since then where I was playing a game and someone came up and said, hey, we're, we're playing a tournament. Like, you have, like, this many credits left. Can I give you a couple of dollars and come and play this machine? Yes. Word. That is great. I mean, yeah. I was like, yes. Yes, you can. And that's mm -hmm. fine. Uh, but, I mean, that first night at John John's, like, we just straight up left. And I... That sucks. Yeah, yeah and I didn't go to John John's... in your mouth, too. Totally, yeah. totally. And I didn't go to John John's that much after that because I'd been so frustrated by the fact that people there acted like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just attributed it to John John's. I didn't realize that it was like... You that know, person. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And it totally. might have even just been that person on that night, even. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, yeah, but I, I can't emphasize enough, and I know that Kayla will back me up on this, that, I, I, you know... More power to your individual experience as a pinball player, but you would and will appreciate <laughs> experiencing the tournament setting. It's it's mm -hmm. not it's really not that scary. It's it's not that scary. There's not that much pressure. It's a pretty encouraging community here in Seattle, and there's no better way to become a better pinball player yeah. than to play with people that you know you're outmatched by. You, yeah. you will learn new things and you will excel, you know, you will level up in your game mm -hmm. by by uh, learning. And most people that you'll play with will be very friendly. They will teach you how to play that game better as they are competing with you. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. And, th and that's awesome. I'd love I'd love to experience that. And we'll make you experience it. <laughs> I mean, we just played Luke Skywalker multiball or pinball today where like you didn't have one hand and i didn't have one hand <laughs> <laughs> that was fun we did well um so i made yeah. jesse play a style of pinball that we, we call a split flipper where um i like to do this with couples like it's a nice dating ritual like mm -hmm. um you sometimes you put in two dollars and you get three credits one credits for her or her or him and him <laughs> yeah i'm not judging whatever you gotta do whatever whoever you got with you one person is for player A, or one credit is for player A, one, one credit is for player B, and credit C is for both of you at the same time. Oh. Yeah. So nice. you just, one player plays one side of the game, and one player plays the other side. You know. You can swap mid-ball. It's fine. Absolutely. For, for me, split flipper happens most commonly when you pop that replay or that mm -hmm. special, or you just match at the end of the game, and there are two of you standing there with one credit, and you're like, well... We're not ready to go. Yeah. And we don't have any quarters left. What are we going to do? Let's play Split Flipper. Yeah. And I love initiating people into Split Flipper. I love initiating <laughs> people into the fundamentals of pinball in general. And mm -hmm. I think Split Flipper is a great way to learn that because, because for me, I, I tend to be a pretty impatient pinball player. Yeah. Like I, I, I tend to that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I tend to I tend to flail and slap more than I should. I should be catching more than I should. Like tonight I had some pretty good, you know, catching discipline. But like in general, like I I just want to keep hitting those shots. I used to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> now I just focus on drop catching, dead bounces and good. Like all these like high end techniques and like, <laughs> high end and techniques. It, it it screws me more often than it does because like I used to just enjoy flailing away and be like, I don't know how I got a replay. That was cool. If you approach split flipper the right way though, like and and you've only got that one flipper and you're at the mercy of that 
like left or right half of the game Mm -hmm. like that the patience that it forces you to have is really valuable to take into the next game that you're playing by yourself yeah well and we had a moment tonight jesse and i uh where i let it i like loop past a ball to him to hit the castle for our like four million points castle meltdown points and i didn't tell him that i was doing that i just like left my flipper up so that passed over to his and he made the shot without me telling him and i was like i'm so sorry i didn't communicate that to you he's like no i figured it out once it happened (laughs) and it was like that's how you fucking get better Mm -hmm. at pinball absolutely and like i dave stewart i've asked him before like how do you get better he's like play one-handed yeah interesting yeah for sure yeah i'm at like a really weird point in my pinball playing where i'm like right on the precipice of being a good pinball player and mm-hmm. I'm right below it where like I will have really good games sometimes, but it's very inconsistent. Right. And like I can play better than people who don't play pinball. But when I play against people who do, I come up like far short, mm-hmm. but I did have this one day where I was at the narwhal. I was playing by myself and then there was a tournament going on and uh, I was kind of getting bounced around from machine to machine. And I was prepared for that at that point. Cause I knew there was a tournament happening. I'd had this bad experience at John John. So I, I knew to oh. kind of like seed the floor to people who were playing. And I totally like recognize the fact that if you're in the middle of a tournament, you're going to need the table that you need to play on. Mm-hmm. Sure. But there was this guy who was in between games. So I challenged him to, uh, <laughs> um, to, to monster bash, which was the only table that was open at that point. Yeah. And I beat him. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And I was really proud of myself. Now imagine oh, that feeling in competitive gameplay. Yeah. It's so, so much okay. better. Like you remember how, uh, what were we playing? Uh, we were playing game of Thrones and you mentioned that the other day elf was playing that game right. and Kayla and I were like, Oh yeah, Elijah. Yeah. Elijah is amazing. He's and amazing. Uh, I see him play all the time. And yeah. I was like, holy Absolutely. shit, that guy's incredible. Yeah. Like you can't miss him. You know, he's, he's tall. He's got really long, like reddish brown hair, curly. Yeah. Uh, and he plays and in black breath, which is like a fucking killer band, super killer metal band. Like even if you don't like metal, they kill it. Um, but anyway, besides the point, uh, we'll also just go up to EM everyday music and say hi yeah. to uh, yeah. Maka. Incidentally, Not EM, Elisha. Uh, sorry. I, <laughs> I totally walk by everyday it. music sometimes. I'm, I'm like, sorry. Oh, that's that guy who's really good at pinball. Yeah. 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 He's, he's the sweetest human being all over me. Yeah. Really? Elijah's yeah. wonderful. Um, but you know, like <laughs> we should try to get him on. That'd be fun. That, that would be great. And also, uh, just to reference my, uh, you know, vocal flub there earlier, we also need to get Maka on the show, yes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, like, um, just imagine beating the mythical elf <laughs> on yeah. on a pinball game in a tournament setting. There's nothing more validating or rewarding when that happens. And it's yeah. so easy to have it happen. It happens I've, all the I've time. I've beaten Elijah. Yeah. And I've beaten Maka. I've beaten Maka as well. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it feels I've great. I've beaten Dave Stewart. I've beaten Julie Gray. <laughs> I've beaten Julie as well. <laughs> I'm so hard on myself. Like, there and was, they're all better pinball players they than, us. Way yeah. better than us. Way better. <laughs> I think there was one game tonight where... I won, but we all did so bad that I didn't mm. even care. I was just—it like, was like that Seahawks not hit, them not right. getting a good. Like, yeah, Blair Walsh missing that kick. Yeah, yeah. right. Like when you it's guys, like we didn't win, but we didn't lose. Like when you guys were beating me, it was by like, like, uh, like multiples of my score. And when yeah. I beat you, it was by like a hundred thousand points. But to be <laughs> fair, a win is a win is a win. But to be fair, like you just made that separation between the two of like Graham and myself and yourself, uh, but. Our first game on Attack of Mars, Graham and me, I got like 3.3 billion. He got like 400 million. Yeah. 
So like, yeah, it happens so easily. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. Yeah. I I love the, the, uh, tension between luck and skill with pinball. Yeah. I have a lot of risk reward. I'm really hard. Like I'm a performer. I, I do so much where I'm like very in the public eye and I want to present myself in those things that I'm confident in, in a way in which I am proud. Sure. So that's possible. Yeah. yeah. And like pinball is one of those things where I'm not quite there yet. Like mm-hmm. when I play against people who are really good, I'm like not super proud of how I played necessarily. And I just, all I wanted was just one game where I could show like, off sh- your skill. Yeah. Cause I'm, I, I work hard at it and I'm really right. proud of it, but I don't play I in front of people. I'm nervous. Sure. Mm-hmm. Ever. I was nervous around you tonight, to be honest. (laughs) I was like, oh, he's got these expectations about me. I need to be able... I was like, when you asked me how to do, like, Spider-Man, I was like, oh, I need to be able to do this right now. And I didn't. Or, like... Well, you guys both impressed me so much. (laughs) I mean, I I listened to your pinball podcast i'm like yeah, i'm gonna go play pinball with that, those guys it'll be great and yeah. then i get there and you guys are just like so much better than me <laughs> i was like oh fuck um but you know um I, and it, the funny thing is that's probably how my friends feel when i exactly. beat them it's like this uncomfortable feeling and all i want is for them to feel comfortable and just want to play with me exactly absolutely and then when i feel that discomfort it makes me not want to put people in that situation because mm-hmm. I don't want them to feel uncomfortable because I want my friends to be happy and comfortable and, and it's, was, it's an interesting thing I was at that same point that, that, that same crossroads that you're at right now a couple years ago like I moved to Seattle about five years ago and from Tacoma so I still had a lot of the same friends where like I would just see them less because I would come to Seattle and see them then but um I got super into pinball in 2009 and about 2012 was like really taking it seriously and I would go to Shorty's because all my my like punk friends would be like, oh, we would hang out at Shorty's all the time. It's a kitschy dive bar and like good drink specials. And I was like, I want to go there because of pinball. And I would get them to come play pinball with me. And they're just like, you play like 10 times longer than I do. Like, it's <laughs> not yeah. fun. Yeah. I'm like, but if you keep playing with me, you can do that too. I like it so much more when my friend, my uninitiated friends beat me. I really do yeah. because I can just heap encouragement upon them yeah and i should I, do that more like uh i, I um my, the band i'm in uh played a um uh a festival uh a, a free all ages festival at the crocodile this weekend and uh on friday night after we played uh oh, i saw your picture of you playing indiana jones yeah a few of us ended up at shorty's and we were playing indiana jones and uh you know the the two and so it was myself my my uh roommate and my close friend friend Bryce uh and uh these two girls uh Andrea and Molly and um you know Andrea's played a handful of games of pinball with me and Molly I have no idea if she's ever really played pinball but like uh you know they both had decent games and Molly actually kind of killed it on a couple moments even nice. if, even if she didn't like she didn't like win the games but she had some great fundamentals because we just told her a couple crucial things to keep Mm. in mind and she took them to heart Mm -hmm. and it was so it's it's so nice to be able to see that happen and validate it and reinforce it like it's such a beautiful moment Mm -hmm. to see people have that moment of self-discovery that like i i can approach a pinball game and make it happen yeah did you tell her about babes and pitmen i didn't and i should (laughs) and i apologize Uh, it's okay you have time um yeah that's I I just don't have like that social fear I guess for like failing 
I have I have a I have a feel of failure in my own personal work. When I write something, I'm like, oh, this is gonna suck. No one's gonna like it. I'm, what's the point? And I just self deprecate myself then. But when it comes to new experiences and like being out and doing something with other people, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'll fucking do that. Like that's why I went to see that that variety show yeah. that you played and not know a single person there. It's like okay, let's just have an adventure. That's fine. But um. Yeah, I struggle with that stuff a lot. Like, uh, I guess in my early days I was an extrovert, and now I'm more of an introvert. But yeah. um, once I'm around people, I'm like, no, let's just do it all. Like, let's have these experiences, and like, if I make a mistake, that's fine. We'll just learn from it. Mm. Um, that's better. I mean, that's the way to be. And mm-hmm. that's kind of why I think I love pinball because it uh, appeals to both of those personality types. Mm. Um, like, you can play a game by yourself and just be like, oh, okay. This is my sanctuary where I can just do this thing and like focus on the life under glass and this world that's built under here and just get deep in it and be like, okay, I need to save a damsel here. I need to like (laughs) destroy the Martians from taking over the Tower of Pisa and like just not fucking think about something and just play and just immerse yourself in that world. But then the in seattle the social aspect is so strong it really is that you get out like last night your friend heather loudon she had her her birthday and we got to there's like 20 pinball friends that were at flip flip together last night celebrating her birthday and like playing games together and just having a good time and it's like yeah heather's great captain mom she's awesome (laughs) um just it's the same thing as like when i went to when i go to shows all the time like i can walk in by myself, which I do all the time, and like see someone I know and just be able to jump into a conversation. You can do that with pinball too. Like absolutely, people are so approachable, so nice, and so excited about pinball. Yeah, I, I, I wish I wish that had been my first experience with like pinball in public too. because it was like the exact opposite. Yeah, where I felt like these, and it had nothing to do with the actual gameplay of pinball. It's just like we're here for the tournament and you're not so you're not one of us so you're right. an outsider mm-hmm. and you need to not be here and that was so frustrating because i yeah. i just really i'm really turned off by that kind of stuff and yeah. it was it was one experience of all i mean i've i've been to places playing pinball many times where tournaments were going on and it's only happened once where but people it doesn't were matter dicks to me that yeah. exclusionary aspect is like just carries through your whole life yeah it, and it's, it's just i always mm-hmm. approach every situation like well are these people like that too because yeah. that was my first that's my baseline that's what mm-hmm. i base it off of as a community i i i hope that we strive to yeah uh avoid those moments um and i i can't wait to drag you to a tournament Jesse, <laughs> yeah. because i think you're gonna have a wonderful you time. would have a good time because right. i have had conversations we're gonna, make a point. we're gonna find a weekly that we're gonna take you to all right i've i've run tournaments a lot for a long time i've i've had conversations with players like what you did there was unacceptable and it doesn't further the excitement of this tournament. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I might not want you back here be- again. And like those kind of words, like, wait, what? I'm so sorry. Like th- that person like was very receptive and yeah. I've had a, you know, there's emotions run high in pinball tournaments. Like they do. Totally. They can. that's like why I love to do babes because there's no points on the line for international ranking points. There's no, there's money on the line and there's pride, but we get, I get new women every single month that have never played a pinball tournament and they're like, I like pinball. I'm not that good at it. I'm like, well, you don't get better by not playing. So like, (laughs) come on in. And 
so they learn so much more every time I learn things from them too. I like watch them play. I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize you could do that here. And we're just so open and affable that it just helps elevate the entire subculture. Absolutely. And you know, what's funny. Uh, so Jesse, you, you play music, you perform, uh, in, in public. Um, and I, I, I do a little bit of that too, but, uh, my work ethic as, as a musician (laughs) is piss poor. Uh Um, there's something about pinball. Maybe it's, maybe it's the rule sets. Maybe it's the logic of it, but it is informed by these moments. Like I, I I feel like when we talk about practice makes perfect, like one of the few aspects of my life where I consistently like apply that is pinball. (laughs) And I can't say that for like piano or guitar. (laughs) Like I'm okay at all these things. I might be better than Joe Schmo, but I don't step up and do that. But there's something about like getting together in a big group, like, and you know, like a fine, a jam session could do this for you, but that's meandering and whatever. But like pinball has these rule sets. You, you have these, these, these moments where win or lose, win, lose or draw, like you are, you're in it together. Uh, and you can, you can trade moments Mm -hmm. and you're not going to like, you might get bored at like waiting and watching, but you're still learning in a really beautiful way. Like there were moments tonight between both of you that like you drained and I was like, Oh yeah. Like I was there with you or like you just did great. And I was like, yes, totally. And that's what I love. I mean, that's why I like playing with people who are just where everyone wants everyone else to do well yeah where like you're playing with a friend who's on the same level and they just want you to do well they're really excited by Mm -hmm. your successes and And like that's why i'm not necessarily like super competitive with pinballs because when there's someone who's rooting for me to lose um it really like it gets in my head a little bit because i'm not super confident with it so you should probably if you do tournaments maybe wear headphones while you play Uh, because there is that yeah yeah Julie's a big proponent of that, yeah. and it seems to work for her. I had a moment at Seattle Pinball League where um, it was like the tournament before the la- the finals, and I was just about to go move on to the next round, and one of the guys in my group while I was playing told me to drain over and over. He's like, drain, drain, drain. If you drain, I go on. Hmm. And I was like, if I don't drain, I go on. Right. <laughs> like, and he didn't realize that, and he was like trash-talking me during my ball. And it was like really not cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've never been one for that type of environment. Like I never played sports when I was a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always just been like, I have a very competitive side to me, but I'm super competitive with myself where yes. I just want to do better than what I've done before. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I love individual sports. Like I love, um, like I, I liked surfing when I was a kid. I love playing racquetball, mm-hmm. but I only like playing racquetball with somebody who, is like supportive where we're just trying to have the best game possible. Like we want to be flying around the court, like a couple of Jedi and we want to be at that place together. We don't want to. And, and interestingly, like it's the same person I played pinball with. It's Barton. It's like, Oh cool. Hmm. I would that, love to meet him when, yeah. whenever he's back in town. Yeah, Bring him back just here. And he just left. Uh, oh wow. Yeah. And then your friend Ian that you've done podcasts with too. I uh-huh. see him at Edible all the time. Really? Yeah. Ian Adams? Uh-huh. Crazy. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know he was into pinball at all. He is into pinball. You should just well, well, well. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I was going through your uh your website. I was like, I recognize that guy. And Crazy. I recognized his voice when I heard the podcast. I was like, Oh no yeah. way. Yeah, I seem Adible. That's awesome. Um Well let's let's talk about okay. So I'm a sci fi podcaster. Yeah. Let's talk yeah, about yeah. some sci fi yeah, sure. tables. Okay. 
there's gosh there's, there's so Twilight many zone there's yeah where does Terminator, there's yeah um, let's talk okay so star trek's the thing i love the most sure. let's talk there's about star trek tables. Star trek tables. yeah i think I, I i don't know if any other license matches star trek for That's having true. as many tables yeah i mean four games Come well, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and I, I've only, I've only played three of them that I can think of. Which one have you not played? TOS. I've played the TOS. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, let me guess. Then uh, you have. So you've not played the played... Stern. You've played Next Generation. Of course. And you've played the Gottlieb one. Well, there must be. How many TOS are there? There's only one TOS. So, so there's TOS the TNG. There's Stern two Trek. TNGs. No, there's TOS TNG. Stern Trek and Data oh. East. Uh, so Data East is two. Oh, there's two TOS. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, there is. Two yeah. Kirks, so I've, I've two played two Kirks, yeah. one Picard, one the other guy. JJ yeah. Universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, there's one of the TOS that I haven't played then in that case. Oh, okay. So you're, you're okay. I'll bring up a picture of it okay. for you. Yeah, please um, do. It's definitely William Shatner heavy. Yeah. I, I know which one you haven't played. Okay. Kayla, I. I Sorry, go ahead. Uh, the Star Trek, the the two, 2009 JJ reboot. Re, I can't speak. Reboot. Reboot. <laughs> uh, the 2009. <laughs> speaking of reboot, have you guys seen that cartoon reboot? The first like CG animated cartoon. I no. have not. So good. But the the JJ Abrams universe Star Trek pinball table is my favorite Stern table. Like that one. That one in Lord of the Rings are very high up for me. And there's a lot of Stern tables that I'm not wild about, and I. Kind of hate the fact that they had a monopoly on the market for so long, so they didn't necessarily have to innovate as much as they could have. But I felt like the Star Trek came out uh, right around the time that Jersey Jack was coming out with yep. Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. And I felt like it made them kind of step up their game a I little agree. bit. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So when, when those bit of two, a fire, yeah. Yeah, when those two came out, I had higher hopes for Wizard of Oz, but I liked Star Trek better. Hmm. And there was this video that came out of Carl Urban playing the Star Trek table, <laughs> who played McCoy in yeah, the 2009 yeah. reboot. And I mean, I love the 2009 movie. I don't like Star Trek Into Darkness. That's the one I've played. Oh, you have played that one. Yeah. Which, which okay. one is that With one? With like Zulu that? on the, um, on this. Um... So what's the other one? I think this is the one... This is the one I'm I'm less or least familiar with. And the one the other original series one is the one that they had at Bob's Java Jive in Tacoma <laughs> where Brightlines played a show I for a few years uh, a few love years ago. Java Jive. I used to love Blocks. Java Jive is legit. My dad would um, take me in there when I was fourteen and I would get coffee and he would play harmonica. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, I love um, it so much, Kayla. Um yeah, no, I I, I the other uh, Star Trek original series pinball game. Uh, I played for the very first time at Bob's Java Jive when Brightlines had a show there, and I was over the moon. Really, I was. So it's over the, the Data moon. East one that yeah. you haven't that played I haven't then. played. Yeah, well, interesting. Which given our like, Data East given our Data East earlier, yeah. yeah, because your your backlash. It's a fun right. game. I'm gonna. I, I'll represent Data you, East Star Trek. Fun. I would love you would to actually it. like it because the viewpoint of the backlash is from Miles O'Brien's viewpoint because it's them on the Energizer. Wait, oh, as if Miles O'Brien was in the original series. Right. Mean. Yeah, we got well, you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, I skipped let me, a few let me see steps the there. But it's them on the Energizer. I don't think I played that. And it's holographic. That. I don't think I played that one. Is there any location that has that one in Seattle Flip-flip. area? Flip Flip has really? it. Oh. Holy yeah. shit. All right, we got to well, do well, it. Well, well, well. I, I remember. Series, so it's, it's Spock and Kirk. And and when you get a multi-ball, it's like there's triple troubles a mode. <laughs> <you know>? um, <laughs> and it really like is, has that like holographic thing where they look like they're energizing. 
Cool. It's really neat. You well, would like that one a lot. I'm just going to say it now, but uh, I, I don't care how any listeners feel, but uh, Kayla and I, and I, I presume Jesse as well, are having a blast uh, in this conversation yes. the whole night at large. <laughs> and I, I would like to have a similar conversation either on or off air. Uh, so I, I think we've got a lot of reason to... Uh, explore this again yes yeah <laughs> um, we have I specific so. games that we should target we and should talk about. that Absolutely. would be great that would be awesome because i i uh i haven't been playing as much as i want to since barton moved away just because okay. like he was my pinball buddy mm-hmm. and then once i was healthy again i didn't have this like need to go play pinball by myself and it actually started to bum me out after a while because it just reminded me of this like yeah. bummer of a time so like having people to play with would be totally. like, the thing that I need to get me to do it. You know what yeah, I mean? We're gonna drag and, you kicking and screaming into yeah. this community. I mean, this Star Trek, you like collect dilithium crystals like yep. throughout the game, mm-hmm. and mm. like you you can't go to warp without them. No. <laughs> and that was like one of the big things I had a problem with was like the replicators. Like, why can't you make dilithium crystals? You can make there's, fucking everything else. There's certain things that are too complex to create with the replicators and yeah. have to be perfect. And it makes sense to me because if you look at a, a CD, when you burn a CD, there's little bubbles that go into the, okay. the disc to create the ones and the zeros to play mm-hmm. back a digital information. But the spacing of the bubbles can make the ones and the zeros not transfer correctly. So sometimes you'll burn a CD and it will skip. Mm-hmm. And it's because the, the digital information wasn't transferred correctly. That's so, so cool. Imagine if there's like a really complex uh, mineral, yeah. dilithium crystals, where you can't get it, the replicator to make it exactly because there's too much information to make mm. a digital version of it. Makes perfect sense to me. That Okay. <laughs> that that makes me feel a lot better because in the show, they don't really spend a lot of time on it. I was like, yeah. why wouldn't you just replicate antimatter? Just get that. You know? Well, because like, your, your replicator would explode because yeah. if antimatter comes in contact with matter, <laughs> your replicator explodes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but to me, it was like this magical thing that you can just like make things happen, which yeah. I this one thing like I love about TNG is that everyone has like overcome these pullback or like these like Jordy's the only blind person, but like no one else ever wears glasses on the show. Right. Like mm-hmm. right. no one does. Right. No Because ha- they've cured yeah. the nature sure. glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, we've done that now with LASIK. Like I suppose. Well, kind of sometimes, but it's not. It's, it's just not universally adopted. Exactly. Yeah. Well, because it's yeah. really expensive. Yeah. And so if some I people like wearing military, glasses, aka yeah. Starfleet, then I could just. I, all three of us are wearing glasses. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my, my prescription is so light that I don't think they can do LASIK for it. Oh, and yeah. I don't know what if I would do LASIK it? anyway because, like, the chance that you go blind is there. Yeah. And right. I just don't want to take that chance. It's scary. You, this is a weird thing to ask about on air, but what is your prescription, Jesse? <laughs> it's like uh, like point five. Oh wow! It's really light. Holy moly! It's light. Yeah. I, but I, I, I think mine is light. And it's like one point two five. Well, you're a blind piece of shit. Oh <laughs> my lord! So okay, so my like, if I don't wear glasses, I get headaches constantly. Okay, just because my eyes trying to adjust. Yeah. That point five huh. is, is like I can see perfectly well without glasses, but I will have a headache constantly. Mm-hmm. So it's super worth to me. Okay. And I have a stronger prescription that I wear for reading when stuff is up close because I'm farsighted. Oh, okay, But I, okay. I just started wearing glasses full time like a year ago and it's helped tremendously. Oh, wow. Okay. It's pretty exciting. You look good glasses. Too. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks to the to the girls at the Belltown place that I go for glasses. What's it called? <laughs> I want to I wanna give a shout out, but I don't shout know. Shout out called. to who knows um, where. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to 
Star Trek pinball tables. The first time I played the next generation table was like a religious experience for me. I was in Portland at some random bar. I went to this bar because my friend was working and I wanted to see her and uh-huh. she was working. So I like had to wait for her. And I'm like, oh, it's my God, there's a pinball right? table. Like, okay, I don't want to interrupt yeah. your work, t- work, work life. Uh, so I, I looked around the room for, for something to do. I was there with a friend and there was a it was when I was moving to Seattle. Actually, it was uh, on the trip up. Mm-hmm. I was in Portland uh, with my friend who helped me move. It was the first time I'd ever seen a Star Trek The Next Generation pinball table. And I love pinball so much from when I was a kid, from seeing the Adams Family table and uh-huh. the round table pizza. And then I saw one for Next Generation. I'm like, holy shit, that exists. And you're so we like, go over and we play. It exists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I had, I had like a, uh, that's a hard game. It's a hard it's game. It's a really hard game. Yeah. So I had like a decent game. Yes. I think it's super okay. hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and I, I, I get it. <laughs> but actually, the first game I, just I played ever. played so much at Shorty's. The first game I, like, when was it at Shorty's? Oh, years it was ago. at Shorty's for years and years. I missed that boat. The first mm. time I played it in Seattle was at the pinball museum. Oh, really? And the first time I ever played it was the first time I ever got on the board on a pinball table. No way. Was Next Generation Congrats, at the, uh, That the is so museum. meta. It was very great. It was a very good moment for me. I just but, had a game that was like 600 million and I felt really fucking good about. Yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have no... I, like, my mine... It was gone. I was like number... Like the last, that was number four, I think. They, I think they have four on that yes. table. Uh-huh. And I was gone the next time I went. But I was there for a minute. For a hot yeah. minute. Yeah. Uh, but th- that table really encapsulates what I love about the show. Mm-hmm. And like I listen to your guys' show. And you talk a lot about how you want like fewer IPs and more original, like, original properties. Yeah. 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 I love IPs. I yeah, love yeah, yeah. them. I love them so Aww. much. I think that Medieval Madness is the only original one that I've ever gotten super into. Oh. Where we we're going to take you. you on a journey. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, for me, like, I, it, I don't even have to like the the theme, but that level of familiarity is something that I enjoy. But more sure. than that, getting these stars involved, like Raul Julia, like yeah. being in Adam's and family Angelica Houston. and Angelica Houston is a big part of why that table is so great, mm-hmm. you know? Which like and Medieval Madness is Tina Fey. Totally. Medieval Madness just knocks it out of Scott the park Asset. in so many ways. Yeah, yeah that's totally. Right. Yeah. Which I, I was so excited when I, found, that. Well, yeah, when I found that out. It was like so exciting. That's yeah. like when I'm out with friends that don't play pinball, I'm like, well, that's Tina Fey. Like, what? <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, hearing... Door. So in, in the Adams Family game, there's a lot of lines that are taken directly from the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. But in the Next Generation table... They are all original. All original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All original scripted stuff just for the game. And I love everyone on that show. I know their voices. And mm-hmm. hearing them talking about like locking a ball, I'm like, oh my God, they want me to lock a ball. You know? <laughs> I just feel it. It's so, it's so exciting to me. Because of your show, I started watching TNG again. Well, fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because... Like, I would watch it as a kid with my dad. Yeah. My dad would be like, oh, Star Trek's on. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, oh, it's cool. I mean, I don't support like, that behavior, but it's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> but it was basically just like, this is Star Trek time, you know? Yeah. And some of my, like, formidable memories are like Picard with the three children in the ele- in the um, yes. turbo lift. Disaster. You know? Season Disaster. five. Great yeah. episode. Uh-huh. And I just watched that one uh, the other day. I fucking love like, that episode. Yeah. That's, that's really high on my list. Yeah. And... The, that was the season that I remember most of because I kept watching more. I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember this from a kid, too. Yeah. All this, and I just have been having so much fun watching it. Yeah. And I found out that I hate Klingons. <laughs> Why do you hate Klingons? They're just aggressive. Have you no sense of honor? No, because <laughs> Worf is the only one that has a sense of honor. The I, rest of them are I'm dicks. talking out of my ass. I the rest of them Have are. you seen Deep Space Nine? 
No, I haven't. Martok I more. is maybe the best Klingon. I mean, I love Worf. I love Worf. Worf is such a pushover. He's such a pushover. They use Worf to show that someone else is strong on yeah. the show. It's like uh, so many times that but I can think of. But he's not strong. He gets his ass kicked every fucking time. They finally remedy that in Deep Space DSI. Nine, where yeah. they give him an opportunity to really show how strong he is. And like, in, let's say season one, Conspiracy, when there's those aliens that go into people's mouths and then stick a little like thing out the back of their, your neck and then they control you mm-hmm. and then Worf is fighting this old human admiral who has one of these other aliens inside of him and yeah. Worf gets his ass kicked immediately they're only doing that to show you that this admiral has superhuman strength he's kicking everyone's ass sure but the problem is that they do it to Worf constantly so yes. he just looks like a pushover yeah. all the time mm. it's really frustrating and every time he's like should we fire torpedo figures he's like no no, Worf, stand down. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. All the time. I recommend that we fire phasers. Yeah, that's always his recommendation. Yeah. And it's just like, you don't know how to relate to human beings. Yeah. But, uh, but on another level, closer. like, I, so I definitely agree. I definitely agree that that's problematic. But on another level, he's so consistent. And yes, he, he's the he's tactical very much officer. Like data. Yeah, they're they're all they're very consistent characters. This mm-hmm. is why it's my favorite show. Is that you can rely on Worf to want to kill people, and that <laughs> comforts it, me in a weird way. In a, but in the same way, it pulls him into a two dimensional character for me sometimes. Where I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay. I I see that for sure, for sure, and I definitely Whereas, think that like, that happens a lot. But I, then, but when they when they add a third dimension to him. In my yes. opinion, it makes like it... Like when his parents come on board. Exactly. It makes yes. it more powerful yes. because he's so two-dimensional. And I think that's a really Data good way a to write those... a show. Data has that too, for well, sure. here's why I like Data more is because Data has an urge... He's that Pinocchio factor yeah. where he has an urge to be more human where Worf is like, no, I want to be more Klingon all the time. It's like, but when you're around Klingons, you're the misfit. Yeah. And, I think that's cool. I think that's powerful. Cool. Yeah. But it's like, why would you want to prescribe to that situation where they clearly disobey... Like, Disvalue, right? And well, it's an interesting thing because he looks like them. You know, yes. Data doesn't look like anyone. Data looks well, more looks more like, like a human than anyone else. But he Worf, looks like Lore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck that guy. But uh, Worf <laughs> looks like other Klingons, and he wants to fit in with these other Klingons because that's the only place where he can be accepted and not stared at in a strange way. But he's accepted on the bridge. Absolutely. But I feel like that's the first time in his life he's ever been accepted. And he should totally embrace that and like yeah. love people more. He just doesn't he have gets that. there over the course of seven years. It Good. takes him a long time. But by yeah. the end of, of TNG, are, are, have you seen it all? I feel like I've seen most of it. Okay. But I just, well, then I'll, I'll hold off on yeah, spoilers. I'm but. in season five, so I'm close. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that he gets there. His character definitely becomes more willing to be involved in human situations yeah. by the end of the show. Because Alexander is like... Such a good heel for him. Yeah. But he's a terrible father. Oh, he's awful. Terrible father. father. Yeah. Yeah. And Graham looks so <laughs> Do you I watch know. Next Generation, Graham? I've seen so little Next Generation. Oh my god, my, it's, uh, yeah, it's Dan, and my roommate Stan and Bryce were were watching uh Next Generation over the last year or so and I, I would just pop in and out, but I was just thinking about how like I I tend to consider myself a geeky nerdy sort, but you know, when it comes to Star Trek, I am out of my depth. Yeah. Well, Next Generation is required viewing. Yes. Apparently. It's, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> it's literally the best show that's ever been made. Yeah. I, In my opinion. I Interesting. Because I started listening to your podcast and I was like, okay, TNG was good. I should give it another chance. And I started watching it again and I was like, 
No, I really, really yeah. actually like this. And, and I come home after work and I'll watch an episode like every yeah, day. Yeah, that's awesome. And now's the time to watch it because they remastered it on Netflix. Yeah. Like the remastered version is on Netflix. Really it looks brilliant. Mm. It looks so good. And I love okay. Patrick Stewart so much. He's so but, great. I mean, like, I have to agree. Like, Jordy's my favorite character. Nice. I love him so much. I wish Jordy <laughs> could go on a date and not suck at it. But he, yeah. I don't know. But again, like the characters are so consistent. Like Jordy always fucks up romantic situations. Yeah. But he's so cool the rest of the time. He he's so like so much of an individual and so much of himself when he's with the warp engines. Mm-hmm. But when he's with a woman, he puts on this horrible. I like, love I love that episode when he was with the designer of the Enterprise. Yeah. On the holodeck, yeah, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, Booby things trap. are so perfect." Season three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then yeah. he met her in person. And he's like, oh, "Yeah, season are not four, cool. Galaxy's Child." Yes, yes. <laughs> Which <laughs> I just so watched like a couple days oh. ago. I, but I'm, she came around. She's like, oh, "She did." Yeah. That episode is so awkward because yes. they. I have this hard time with like watching embarrassment happen in front of me. Totally. Yeah, it's like, hard. Jordy with women is like Michael Scott with humans. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I also love. It's like season two, I think, where Jordy. The reference I get. <laughs> Graham's just like on his phone. He's on Facebook. Yeah. Hey now. Um, <laughs> but like there's this there's a, there's a time where like in season two where like Jordy is has the bridge and needs to implement this this situation to get them out of trouble, and it's where the Romulans come out and they're they have the cloaking device and he can't see them. It's like. Well, of course he can't see them. He's the only blind crew member. Yeah. And it's just like so meta. Or it's like huh. the blind leading the blind or like trying to find the blind. And he's, he finds, he's always like the one that he's like, I can figure this out. Just give me time. Yeah. And that's why he gets along with Data so much because they think so like. Similarly. Yeah. Jordy loves the ship so much and Data is the closest thing to a walking embodiment of a starship yes. that you could have. Jordy would be so good at pinball. Oh, absolutely. Really good. I, I went to a, a Star Trek convention and saw LeVar Burton speak. And uh, he talked about the fact that people with disabilities come up to him all the time and say, you were a walking embodiment of someone with a disability going about their daily life without being disabled. Like that. Um, I just watched an episode where they went to this planet where it was like super eugenics. And yeah. like, oh, we don't have disease here anymore. Masterpiece and- Society. Yeah, I think so. Where, where he's like, <laughs> where Troy falls in love with that dude. Yes, yeah. and he's like, if I hadn't existed, you guys wouldn't have lived. Yes, totally. Uh, yeah. I I love that. It's yeah. so good. I fucking love that show. Yeah, and I I love the fact that like science fiction can, not just that show, but all science fiction gives can you bridge that gap. Such a an end to talk about these things and to show like the value in every human being. It's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Powerful stuff. So my other favorite sci-fi themed pinball table is Terminator 2 and I know we just had like the yeah. worst time playing that at the yeah it was a little brutal it was a little brutal yeah it was just um the the game like not to Evan McBride's discredit because he works hard on those pinball machines he really does and you have so many to yes. deal with yeah um shout I out to Evan fault you. you we love yeah. you um but it just it had I I started a multi ball within I think you said six seconds which uh-huh. was like six seconds yeah. <laughs> and I locked like you at once you start a multi ball, you're supposed to hit in the skull. And I went to hit one shot in the skull, and another ball got in, in the pathway when right. I hit that shot. So right. they both went in there, right. and the game got so confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hold on a second, 
I said one partner, not two. But that's the first of two times that that we had skull problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we shimmied and shaked that machine. Dude, I skull so fucked that so many times. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The second time we just gave up and left because we couldn't yeah, get the ball out of the skull. We turned it off. Yeah, I, exactly. I checked it every so he knows yeah. that it's having an issue. But here's why I love that table. Okay. It's the first table. The first time I played it, I sucked at it, and I hated it. It was at the Pinball Museum. Okay. And I hated it, and I was like, well, fuck this table. I can't play it. But then I watched, I think I watched a video of Bowen playing it, mm-hmm. maybe, probably, or someone, and they were talking about how the center post is your tool that you need to use. You watched me use that several times I did, too. very yeah. successfully. Yeah. Uh, and I used it success- successfully yes, twice tonight. Yeah. I was very proud of myself. Yes. Uh, so when you have a shot that comes back down the center... Like, my initial response is, fuck this game. Because, like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> but when but when you have a... With Terminator 2, my first response was like, well, fuck this game. You, you hit it into the skull, it goes right back down the center. Yeah. But then, I, I think through watching Bowen or something like that, he said, well, yeah, that's why you have a center post, is mm-hmm. because this table was designed to drain down the center off oh. of the skull shot. So... Skull, not skill. So when you have the skull shot and it comes back down the center, use your center post, get it out. Mm-hmm. And that made a night and day difference in my gameplay well, on Terminator yeah. 2. Uh-huh. Where the next time I went and played, I got... I I, I played it at uh, Belltown Pizza. Like, all the other tables there... Uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah, ro- I, I don't like that table. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like the license. I love the table. Really? Really. Yes. I just like the colors and like it's the... It's a Pat Waller game. They, the same guy that made Adam's Family made that game. Interesting. I want to... Have an entire episode that's just about, about pinball Lawler. designers. Yes, that's a Pat cool Lawler, idea. Steve Ritchie, whatever. George Gomez. Yeah. George Gomez. Python Angelo. Ter- Terminator Two is one, one of those games where I feel like the rules are so unique. Like I can't think of any other game where like hitting the skull shot and then getting it into the the gun and then shooting across the table. That's so unique. I can't think of any game that's right. like that. Whereas like most games is like here's your lock shot and here's how to light the lock. Hit light lock, lock, light lock, lock. Exactly. Yeah. Rinse, wash, repeat. Exactly. And that one's like, okay, you lit the lock, you're in it, and then you have this cannon that comes out and you hit it, and then you can have multiple, and that's why I'm so bad at it, because I can't (laughs) fucking hit that cannon shot. Um, So, you know what? uh, What I do for the cannon shot, I get up over the table, and I look straight down on it. It was a little difficult to do the cha-cha, because that um, Spider-Man was so close to it, Mm. and, like, I'm not thin enough to, like, move in between the tables. I go straight over. I just fucking... I I put my body all over it. (laughs) (laughs) I was surprised Uh, when you were shooting for the cannon shot, and you hit most of your cannon shots tonight, but you were doing it, like, standing straight up. I was like, damn, she's hitting that standing straight up. That's crazy. I just have to, like adjust my brain a little bit yeah i can't do that i have to look straight down on it and then i usually hit my cannon shot when i'm looking straight mm-hmm. down on it uh, but and i love the multi-ball i love that you lock in those Back three places yeah but if you oh yeah if you lock in the skull first if you're running out on your timer you just drain and then you can get the one or two time jackpot it's a, it's such a cool like set of rules it's such yes. a cool way that that table is designed have you played t3 once Okay. I think I, like I played it. that in Vegas at the Pinball Museum in I Vegas. I like it so much better. Really? Yes. Interesting. It's just, it's my attack from Mars for that that um, license. Like, it just flows. Like, boom, 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 boom. Ramps, ramps, ramps. Yeah. Like, you just hit all these shots. And, like, I can hit the flipper and know that I'm hitting something. And I can get to, I can play, like, three multi-balls in one game. Wow. Easy. And it's... 
less challenging, but it's more fun for me because I'm just like on the go pinball player and just like just ha- making it happen. Yeah. Um. I I feel I I only played it once, so I don't have like strong memory of it. Um. But like T two is one of those games where it's it's one of the only games where I had a terrible first game and didn't like it, and then came around and then started doing really well at it where. It's just like developed a very special place in my heart because mm-hmm. it because I did get over that initial hump of being bad at it. Well, and I think here's a, a a side note. I think Arnold is on more pinball machines than anyone else. Really? What yes. else is he on? Last Action Hero, uh, Predator, uh-huh. which didn't get an official license, so it had to get squashed. Oh, so no. sad. Yeah. So what's he's the on story T2. with that? Oh, it's a it's a very complicated story. So this this company called Skip Beef and Ball, they were like, we're gonna make a predator machine, and we're gonna have all these callouts from Alien or from uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm thinking AVP already. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they had it at the show like three years ago, and I played it, and I was like, this is pretty cool. I guess, and, I, and they had like a duck hunt pinball machine that they mocked up like next to it just just for fun, and they were going into like pre-sales and saying like this is our model like if you would like to buy into it like please send us money they never had a license for it like huh like never weird once, never once did like predators predator enterprises go yes please make us a pinball machine so they got a cease and desist and wow. lost all their money and wow had to can just quit so he's on those four games uh which I always thought that like Lethal Weapon three was weird because there's no Lethal Weapon two or one. Wait, but there's uh-huh. Arnold no, was in Lethal Weapon. 3? No, he wasn't. Oh, okay, but there's no Terminator one. There's oh, only I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, two. Terminator one was not the hit that Terminator two was. Sure, but it's fucking rad though. Let's but sure, sure, sure. We're I just watched not equal commercial appeal, which is unfortunate. I just watched sure. Terminator Salvation for the first time. Still haven't seen it. I enjoyed it. I thought I think it's worth watching. Never All right, on, noted. So yeah. never on the minimal machine did they say like, "Come with I me like if you want to replay," or "Come with me, with, <laughs> <laughs> come with me if you want to live." Is never said on the <laughs> pinball machines. So my question to you, Jesse, is yeah. like, you understand pinball gameplay, you understand science fiction. Where do you see it fail, and where do you see it flourish? Like merging those two worlds, because like, because like T two. Doesn't have a whole lot of like, oh, this reminds me of that scene in Terminator 2. So T2, the feel of the game feels right to me, where it feels like I'm fighting against machines. Like, I, I get that. It's very clinical. Feel. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say clinical. What I love about Terminator 2 is that, like, the, the special effects are also, like, visceral and they're so mechanical. Are they kind of geigery? Yeah, like, and it, it, the the game itself, it feels so mechanical to me. It feels mm-hmm. right. It feels like the game. I, I'm, I'm sorry, like the game feels like the movie to me. Okay, it gives I, you the same kind of emotional response. Yeah, and like the music is great. The sound effects are great. There's almost nothing that I don't like about that table. There's a weird like dead spot in the middle of that table when you hit straight up the center and you just hit those. Uh, the stand-up targets? The stand-up targets, yeah. yeah. Where, like, going straight up the center hits nothing, which is really weird and kind of unique also, which I hated at first, but now I've just, like, gotten I've gotten used to that, and now I like that because it's so unique. But think of a Terminator game where, like, 
you have to go back in time and save Sarah Connor. Ooh. And and you have to like if you hit a shot it alters past. Like think of Fuck a game yeah. like that. That's oh a my great goodness. idea. Can we can we just like acknowledge the fact that no pinball game has properly properly done like uh, a um choose your own adventure kind of Yeah, pinball. like yeah. really huh. truly dealt with like time travel. Time travel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really cool idea. I mean, I watched the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Like, I I've didn't. seen everything that's come out. Is it good? In the term- I loved that okay, show. I'll I loved it. it. Um, and they dealt a lot with that, like with time travel and the ramifications of time travel. Yeah. So, okay, let's, well, let's brainstorm. I- so what do we do? A good re- representation of this, of pinball doing sci-fi correctly is in the next generation game when you mm-hmm. hit one shot and the ball beams to another place mm-hmm. where you actually have a transport effect on the table. And they did that very deliberately where like when the ball comes out on the left after you hit it up to the a hole in the center, like that's supposed to be the, the transporter. Mm-hmm. So you have your beta quadrants, you have your delta quadrants. Yeah, it very, yeah. yeah, where I feel like I'm traveling through the galaxy on that game. And I guess you're and right. Where in challenge and you have like... Riker's poker, like all this. Yeah, like Like in Terminator, I do feel like I'm just in one moment in the movie. I don't feel like I'm in the whole saga of the movie. And I love that. I love both. But I do think it'd be awesome to have a game where I was like... Changing in the course of history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like a butterfly effect. Totally. Like where my actions... That's. I think they really missed the boat on that. Interesting. Interesting. Well, how would you do that with pinball? That's a really cool concept. It's just that if then, if this, then that. Yeah. If, if X, then Y. Yeah. Like if you, if you complete this mode, then you change the timeline and that gets you into another mm-hmm. mode. Or maybe like the wizard mode is, is something that you've created because you. That would be so much fun. Yeah. Cause you like solve some issue in the timeline or something like yeah. that. Or you, you killed a Terminator. Maybe there's like a Terminator in the center, kind of like the Enterprise like TS-1000. In, in the new Star Trek, where if you destroy that Terminator, then it stops him from killing Sarah Connor and you stop Judgment Day or something like that. Yes. That would be super cool. Yeah. See, I think that's where things kind of mm-hmm. fail. Huh. And I think they could be so much better. I think the, the one game where like I get so into the story of it is Medieval Madness, where yeah. I am like roving through the countryside destroying <laughs> like evil dukes medieval madness makes so much sense to me on every level as far as like i'm completing this goal so that i can complete this goal it's mm-hmm. i love it well should we so we head towards the end of this thing are there any pressing questions like is there anything we didn't cover that we wanted to- i mean there's so many things we could talk about i feel like we could yeah. do this like 10 times and not even get i would close. love to I do. yeah we should do more yeah jesse yeah. plug your plug your business <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm jesse mercury i have two podcasts one is called sci-fi with jesse mercury it's weekly and that's going to be what the crossover with this podcast will yes. be on i have another show called sci-fi on trial which is a little bit more of like an intensive uh, thing where I collect interviews from a bunch of different people and we have a panel discussion intercut with those interviews about divisive sci-fi movies. So fun. So far we've done one movie for three episodes of this podcast and it was star Wars episode one, the Phantom Menace. And we just kind of beat it to death to figure out, is it remembered fairly? Like that's the big question. Are these movies being remembered fairly? But in my weekly show, sci-fi with Jesse Mercury, we just talk about all sorts of science fiction, just how much we love it and the things that get us excited. It's all kind of intertwined with my album that I'm creating, which is all science fiction themed music. And I make uh, music videos as well. The whole thing is called the sci-fi project and you can check it all out at jessemercury.com. I'd like to propose that whoever, said something about themselves before the next person says something nice about them. 
So mm. I'm going to say <laughs> that Jesse has one of the kindest spirits that I've ever Aww. met and really cares about what he does and is passionate. And I like I love that spirit in, in him. Wow. And thank you I, so much. I think that you should all support everything that he does. Um, so I'm Kayla and I do things like Babes in Finland and I run a women's tournament once a month at Edible. The first Thursday of every month, um, we do Skillshot Pincast every other Thursday. Um, I write for Razor Cake magazine out of LA. I write for New Noise magazine out of Berkeley. Um, I have interviews coming up in those and you should check them out. And then you should also just like make more dad jokes. That sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. I think that sounds pretty damn Graham now you have to say something nice about me I know that's and then Jesse has to say something nice about you oh yes oh I like that because (laughs) I was a little worried that I was gonna be stuck with nobody saying anything nice about me (laughs) and that is my waking nightmare (laughs) (laughs) to Graham's credit he did say something very nice about me. yes in fact I just pulled it up on my phone to make sure that that I my drunken ass would not fuck it up um yeah uh Hello, Graham Clem here, as always. Um, you know, Kayla is wonderful. I, how can how can I say anything new about Kayla? You're listening to the Skillshop Pincast and or Sci-Fi with Justin Mercury. But uh, I, I think at this point in the recording, you're listening to the Skillshop Pincast, and you know how great Kayla is. But <laughs> Kayla basically is the Skillshop Pincast. She makes Aww. so much of what we do happen and i couldn't be more appreciative of her of of her of, of her hodor. <laughs> hodor, hodor the female version of hodor happy hodor. birthday hodor. again to kayla thank you welcome to the 31 club Yay. thank you for joining jesse and i in the 31 club Yay. uh I, I can't heap more praise upon <laughs> kayla for everything she does um and I have very few plugs. Uh, you know, my band is playing a show this weekend, and Bright it's lines. going to be it's it's going to be after you listen to this episode, so it doesn't even matter. But you should uh, have been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you would have had a great time. Um, thank you so much for listening, guys. We've had a great time. Uh, I love this, this. The last seven eight months, and I hope you keep listening. And I cede the floor to Jesse. Well, at this point, all I have to say is nice things about you guys, which is super easy. That's all I wanted. Uh, That's all I wanted. Graham, your taste in Halloween costumes is impeccable. <laughs> oh, shucks. Your new haircut is fantastic. So Thank good. you. And to the two of you, I, you know, I love listening to your show. It always makes me want to play. And playing today with the two of you just made me want to be like better at yeah, pinball and pinball. I will gladly invite you to play pinball with me anytime. Yeah, please Absolutely. do. I would yeah. like e- either of you. I'd love to like hang out with yeah. more and play more with. And also th- just like just having the chance to like sit in a room with two people that I've listened to a lot. Many, many hours. Ditto. Um, so exciting and so much fun. And you're both just like absolutely wonderful and so. Cool. I was so excited to watch you do your ha 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 laugh, like in person. My my. Uh, do I have a do I have a particular laugh? You have uh, a laugh where like someone really like gets. 
<laughs> sort of like that, but like times a hundred. Um, <laughs> when someone really tickles me. Yes. And I and I lose and my control. I that's like, awesome. Oh, Jesse thought that was really funny. And I always <laughs> I imagine hope that that's like, like a, a goal that people have when they come on my show is to make me laugh that hard. I always imagine that you pull back from the microphone and I saw you do it several times tonight. <laughs> and I was like, yes, we've won. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? I, I I'm so I'm so grateful that we have so many yeah. listeners for our podcast. I know what I like. I've I've had a wonderful time I from both too. of our cross casts. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, like with sidekicks, just... it was a joy. It was a joy. It's one of my and hanging episodes. out with Jesse all night before recording and also during recording. It's been such a good time. Seriously, so much like, fun. and I I can't yeah. wait to do it again. Me too. On air and off air, like <laughs> yeah, so. Absolutely. You know, this, thanks yeah. for thanks yeah. for being here with us. Cool. Thanks so much for listening, guys. <laughs>